Welcome to the show. Uh, today we're going to have a part two of a discussion about moving forward financially after a divorce. Moving forward financially after a divorce. Looking at the various financial things that need to be discussed and action need to be taken after a divorce. Uh, these areas are generally the biggest mistake areas that I see. A lot of things not being addressed, and I think a big reason for that is someone coming out of a divorce uh, doesn't have a lot of people around like when they were first going through the divorce, and a lot of things get missed. And I just find that this is probably the area that I need to encourage people the most. Um, so we're looking at, at decisions that need to be made after a divorce, financial decisions that need to be made. Last week we started talking about the house. A lot of issues involve the house, affordability, the budget, school systems, the kids, the neighborhood, their friends, all these different things. You know, pretty tough decisions that um, parents need to be, be making for their kids as far as where they are going to live. You know, are they going to keep the house? Are they going to sell the house? Are they going to find something less expensive? Are they, go are they going to be able to find something in the school system? And so forth. But the biggest problem that I see in this particular area is that a mortgage is required for all of these decisions. Just about everything you do in this type of decision, whether it's refinance, pay off debt, pay off an ex, uh, downsize, find a new home, everything requires a mortgage. And the biggest amount of stress that I see in this situation is not understanding the rules associated with the mortgage as they relate to a divorce. So we started talking last week about the different rules, and these particular these are rules that have really changed since 2008 uh, that cause someone not really able to fulfill their obligations of the divorce decree and being able to take care of these things in a, in a relative time frame. Most of the time coming out of a divorce, people have about six months to complete a refinance or sell their home and move on or something along those lines. And you'll find as we go through these things that six months is not enough. So a lot of people are going to be in breach of the agreement and not really realize that. So my goal here is for you to understand that and see these different situations so that you can talk to someone, renegotiate those types of deadlines uh, and not be in a breach of situation. Uh, last week we talked about the two elements that lenders want to see, a stable income and credit. We talked about stable income, the importance of continuation of income. Um, we also talked about how reentering the workforce isn't necessarily considered stable income. Alimony and child support, you have to show that someone has been receiving that uh, for six months or more in order for that to be counted as a stable income. But this week I want to pick up where we left off, and that is to talk about credit. Uh, the most common problem situation that I see in this area for someone going through a divorce is when they have joint debts. Uh, husbands and wife have purchased um, automobiles or other assets uh, by qualifying on both of their income, both of their credit history, after the divorce, um, these debts are split. Uh, one party will assume one debt, another one party will assume the other debt. 
The problem is that, that the deaths were originally made in the name of the husband and wife, and they're still in the name of the husband and wife. Um, just because the divorce decree says that you are released from making that payment doesn't mean that the lender is going to release you. And this is a big problem. So even though the divorce decree says the ex is responsible for the debt, doesn't mean the lender won't come back on you. This loan was made uh, to husband and wife based on your income, your credit history, just because you're no longer together, and the divorce decree says that one party is going to be responsible for that, doesn't mean the lender looks at it that way. They're under no obligation to release you from that liability. So these joint debts become a, a big problem. They become a problem um, because people cannot qualify for a mortgage loan with that debt. Uh, you have to show that the other party is making that payment for 12 months or more for it not to be counted. So you're going to have to go back 12 months and show that the other party has made that payment on time, show a check, show where that, that lender has been paid or that credit issuer has been paid on time for it not to be counted against you. And so the biggest problem is because it's on your credit report. Uh, the other situation that happens is when late payments are made, it affects both parties. So once again, just because you are released through the divorce decree for that debt doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to affect you. So where I really want to pick up today is to begin to talk about what you can do to protect yourself in those types of situations. Um, not only will a late payment affect your credit, but it may prevent you from being able to do what you need to do. Um, so what would you do? If you have a joint debt that you're not responsible for, uh, that an ex is responsible for, what do you do? Well, the first thing you could do is to require the ex to pay off that debt, to refinance it, put it in their own name. You know, this is something that generally should be done through the course of the negotiation when the divorce is being settled, so most of the time afterwards there's not really much, there's not really too much that people can do. But the, the obvious uh, best solution would be to refinance so that, the, so that you're taken off of these debts and they're in the ex's name only. Therefore, they will not be on your credit report and the account is closed. But quite often, that's not going to happen, uh, either because the other party doesn't want to do it or they're not able to qualify on their own, um, or maybe the credit history uh, is going to prevent that from happening, and there's not really any way to refinance. So what do you do? Well, what you can do, the best thing you can do is what we call a credit freeze. And what a credit freeze is, is that you go to the lender or to the credit issuer and you request that no additional uh, credit can be used on this account. And this would be in, usually in the situation of something like an equity line or a credit card. Um, most of the time, those accounts are set up with a limit and a balance. And the limit generally is going to exceed the balance. So what you're trying to do is prevent the other party from running up additional debt on these obligations. And that's called a credit freeze. So you can, this, is, this is a joint debt in the, in the, in the eyes of the issuer. So you can go to them and say, I do not want to have any kind of additional debts uh, created. I do not want any additional purchases on this account. 
And that is the, the number one thing that you need to do, in particular with equity lines. Um, I see all kinds of people that have these large equity lines set up on their houses that have very large limits but no balances or very low balances. Um, several hundred thousand dollars of equity line limits with very low balances. And you do not want to give the ex the ability to go run up that debt because you will be responsible for that. Just because the divorce decree says that you're no longer married, you are not released from the liability. This is a joint debt. You sign the paperwork. Um, if they default on this, the lender could come after you. So just because the divorce decree says the ex is responsible doesn't mean that that's the way the lender is going to see it. So a credit freeze is absolutely vital. You need to make sure that someone cannot put additional uh, balances on these credits that, that are going to come back potentially to haunt you. Um, that's probably the biggest change in 2008 was the tightening uh, of these situations, the tightening of credit in general, um, how difficult it is to refinance these types of things. So the two, th the, the two things that you want to do, one is a credit freeze, the other is you want to check on the payment. This is a joint debt that you took out with, um, with, the, with the ex and yourself. You have every right to check the payment history on that. You can go to the credit issuer. Uh, most of the time you can register online for that. You can check to see whether or not the payment's being made. Um, what I encourage people to do is to be proactive in this area. Uh, they need to make sure that, that someone is making the payment because those late payments will come back to haunt them. They will show up on your credit report. So in the situations that you're not able to refinance uh, that debt or the other party will not refinance that debt, you do not want them to make additional purchases and you want to keep a check on whether or not they're making the payment on time. If they're not making the payment on time, then you want to be proactive as best you can to protect your credit. Uh, the worst thing in the world would be that you're not responsible for that debt, and yet the other party uh, is being liberal in terms of making the payments, and, you, and it has an effect on you and what you can do. So let's talk about, let's also talk about credit history. Uh, a lot of people coming into this type of situation uh, have missed some payments, maybe through the course of the split up, and it's uh, what can we do about that? You know, credit scores have been something that have been have risen to importance over the last couple decades, and they're really just a fact of life. And the biggest encouragement that I would give to people in those situations is that the only real way that you can you can mend your credit score is through a history of good payments. Generally, a credit score is, is the most affected by your payments in the previous 24 months. And if you have a clean history for 24 months, you're generally going to have a good credit score. So the encouragement I would give to you is that time heals all wounds. And it's going to heal those types of wounds. If you have had late payments, it may be a question of waiting for a year or two, uh, but it will heal those wounds. So all is not lost. If you do have those late payments, you should be able to come back uh, and obtain credit at a future date. It just generally might be something that you have to wait for a couple years. Uh, the other issue that affects credit scores are when, when credit cards are maxed out. And this is also a situation that I see with a lot of people coming out of divorce. 
Um, most people don't realize that it's not just payment history. It's also if you've maxed out your card with respect to the balance. And this has the biggest impact upon credit scores of anything other than payments. And when we come back from the break, we'll pick up this. 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 The break,